One on, nobody out. The two open. Here's the swing a long fly ball in the left field. This is going to leave the park. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron. That ball's hit deep to left. This one's going to be out of here. Get up, baby. Get up. Claiborne and Kevin Wheeler and the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Well, we're kicking off the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you here. And Claibs, we've had a busy couple of weeks, man, after a long offseason that seemed to drag for not just for the Cardinals, but for the entire sport. We got a lot of action here in the last couple of weeks, league-wide and, of course, with the cards getting Adam Wainwright back. Um, trading for Nolan Arenado, and, of course, this week getting it done with Yadier Molina. So, at the very least, it seems like the big work is done, right? Yeah, I think most of the hay is in the barn, Kevin, but I I still think that there are some things that the Cardinals are looking at. Um, You got to figure out what your middle infield is going to look like. Uh, Non-roster invitees have not been announced yet. And I think you're going to need another left-handed bat because now that Matt Carpenter, it looks like he's going to be a guy coming off the bench for the most part. Um, you're going to still need a little bit more left-handed punch, and you're going to have to find a middle infielder that can spell Edmund and DeYoung as well. Uh, So there's still some work to do, but a lot of it has been done. And, you know, you and I were nudging each other just trying to stay awake for those first couple of months, man, (laughs) after the season because nothing was going on. And here's the thing. There are a lot of players around baseball who still don't have a job yet, and we're getting close to spring training. Yeah, right. And maybe, you know, one of the things Mo said – yesterday at the zoom press conference announcing the deal for Yachty, he was asked about whether or not there's anything else coming. And he mentioned like, you know, you might have some non-roster invitees and all that. He really didn't get into anything bigger than that, but there might be some established guys that are coming into various camps on the NRIs that are, you know, coming in on a minor league deal. And if they make the team, they'll get the major league deal. Yeah. And uh, we, we saw this a couple of years ago. I remember when uh, Adam Jones was in that situation where he didn't sign until late and he was a good player, and I think we're going to see it again. I look at a guy like Jackie Bradley Jr. I mean, you're telling me he's not good enough to be on somebody's roster by now? And that yeah. that, that will probably happen. For sure, yeah. But it's really leading up to a bigger issue, and we'll talk with Bill DeWitt a little later about mm-hmm. this collective bargaining agreement. They've got to get something done in season because if they let this thing fester throughout the course of the year, it's not going to end well. You mentioned uh, Bill DeWitt Jr. We'll talk to the Cardinals chairman a little later this hour. Uh, Coming up next segment, we're going to talk to Benji Molina, of course, part of the Cardinals broadcast team. Uh, He and Polo with the Spanish language broadcasts for the Cardinals. Um, So let's get a little bit into Yachty here as we open this up, because this is that's the news of the week. And, you know, when all of this came down, claims we all knew some level that it was probably going to go this way. And thankfully it did. But in, in digging into it the last couple of days, some of the numbers that you can look at with Molina are just ridiculous. You know, I mean, he's third all-time in games played in a Cardinals uniform. I mean, only Stan and Lou have played in more games as a Cardinal than Yachty has. I think he's sixth all-time on the hit list. But what I think is really cool is the connection with Wainwright and the fact that they have now caught, they've now worked as the battery more times than all but five other batteries in the history of the game. And the of the other five, Claves, the only the most recent of those was Mickey Lolich and Bill Freehand, which was basically 60s and early 70s, right? Yeah. I mean, that might maybe into the mid-70s. It might have been something like that. So when we're talking almost 50 years ago, the last time there was a catcher-pitcher combo that had worked together as much as these two guys. 
Well, I, I saw just enough of Mickey Lowish to know that I didn't ever want to see him again after the 69 World Series, uh, 68 World Series. But, but you know what? It, it says a lot about both players and their commitment. Uh, they stayed away from serious injury, uh, and they've had a lot of success together. And I think that's something you can't replace. Uh, we've seen so many good players come through, and they just don't have the longevity. But for these two, and the fact that they get it, they they respect each other. I think that has a lot to do with it. And you know what that's like as a catcher. If you're not on the same page with a person, uh, it's really hard to succeed with with any real consistency. And those guys have figured it out. And, and I couldn't be happier for both of them. Uh, they're going to do it basically on their terms as far as this season is concerned. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, I mentioned all the Cardinals rankings, but, you know, Yachty has a chance by the end of this year I think it's. I think he's got a chance to move up to fourth all time in games caught, like fourth all time. He's sixth That's... right now, and I think he can pass. The two guys he can pass this year, I think, are Jason Kendall and Gary Carter, and move up to fourth on the all time list of games played behind the plate. You know, the there there are people. I think not many anymore, but there are people outside of St. Louis that push back against Yachty's Hall of Fame credentials, but. When I'm looking at that number of games with nine gold gloves and nine all-star appearances and four times with the platinum glove as the best defensive player of all time. And by the way, offensive numbers are basically in exactly league average for his career. How many super elite defensive catchers have ever been league average offensive players for 17 years? I mean, like that's a big deal. It is. It's huge. And, And you know, if you didn't see him every day, I don't know if they have a staff of clutch hits. When you I mean, think about Yachty doing the little things in the game with the out, bat, he, he really is. I mean, uh, I, I remember that rookie year where he hit like 214, but he only struck out 40 times. Right. And, and and that's something I don't think he's ever struck out more than 80 times in his career, perhaps. But in this day and age of the way guys strike out, you're right. He is a tough out. He knows how to handle a bat. He knows how to move a runner along. And he gives himself up in order to make the team better. And that's something that we just don't see a lot of. And I think, and I think I can speak for you, how lucky we have been oh to be God. able to watch his career in front of us every day. I mean, it's crazy. It really is. I mean, you think about, um, you know, just the, the attention to detail. And we're, we'll mm-hmm. talk about this with Benji Molina in a few minutes, because obviously not as, not only does Benji know Yachty really well, <laughs> kind of grew up bit. together, yeah, but bit. Benji knows it himself too, because he went through the exact same thing in his own career. So we're going to continue the conversation about Yachty coming up next. Benji Molina is going to join us. It is the Cardinals countdown to opening day show presented by Amron here on the Cardinals radio network. All right, we're back in on the Cardinals countdown to opening day show presented by Amron here on the Cardinals radio network. Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you. Happy to be talking about uh, Yadier Molina's return. I know we've been anticipating this throughout the offseason. We got that done. Well, we didn't, but the team got that done this week. We get to talk about it and very happy to do that with Benji Molina, of course, member of the Cardinals broadcast team working with Paulo Asensio. You'll find Benji on Twitter at Benji Molina one. First off, Benji, thank you for doing this. It's always fun talking ball with you. And second of all, uh, they got it done. We got Yachty back, and I think Cardinal fans are pretty excited. It's always a pleasure to be with you guys and doing a show uh, with any of you, man. You guys have been great with us, have been great with me uh, ever since I got in on board, man. So it's always it's always great to do this. And I told Benny and Klaibs, I, I said, hey, man, anytime you guys need me, I'm here. Uh, talking about Yachty a little bit, uh, I think they needed – everybody knew that it needed to be done way before this um, – I think both of them, Wayno and, and Yadi, shouldn't have to wait for this long. But anyways, 
now it's today and, and they got it done. So we got to give them credit. They brought them back. Uh, not only that, they got a superstar, superstar in Arenado. That team is going to be stacked. Uh, my only worry right now is the three outfielders, you know, um, who's going to be and, and, and what kind of production we're going to get out of them. That's all. You know, uh, Benji, that's a good point you make. The outfield is it's still got some question marks, but we're at a point now, don't you think, with a couple of guys that we've seen enough of them over the last three or four years where it's time to, to really make that next step of consistency more than evaluation. I mean, you know, we, we've seen enough where either you can play or you can't. And if you can't, they're going to have to look around. Yes. I'm with you. Graves. I think uh, a lot of times uh, these lately, like last five, 10 years, it's been more like an instructional league, you know, and uh, in the major leagues, not every team, but, uh, some teams have taken it like, okay, let me give this young guy uh, some reps and stuff. When before you you actually had to hit 285 in the minor leagues before you came up, uh, or or produce or pitch 200 innings in the minor leagues at least uh, before you even had a chance. Um, uh, Bader, O'Neill, uh, Carson, and then you put there Lane Thomas. I don't know who else is in the mix, but those four at least are going to be in. Uh, they, there's going to be a lot of pressure on them. It's going to be a lot of, I mean, they're going to hit in the bottom of the lineup, period. Right. And that's what we're going to get. So um, it's either go. We've been saying this for the last couple of years. Uh, I know, Clips, me and you, we, we talked before, but they have to do the job. It's not about trying anymore. You know, it's not about trying. It's not about going in the plate and, and hoping that they can do it. Uh, if you want to make the, the, the team, if you want to make the, uh, the World Series, or go far in the playoff, you have to have guys that do the job. And that's what this is going to come down to. Yeah, and Mike, Mike Schilt mentioned that, what was it, Claves, uh, two weeks ago when we had him, three weeks yeah. ago when we had him here? I mean, he talked a bit about that. It's not about finding out anymore. It's it's about going out and doing the job. And, you know, it, it helps to have another bat like Arenado in the middle, right? I mean, it takes some of what you'll need from other people, but it doesn't mean that those other guys don't have to produce something, right? I mean, you can't go seven, eight, nine, or whatever, and have trouble there, especially if there's no DH when we got the pitchers looking like they're going to hit this year. I think, uh, I think you're going to see it. I mean, I'm a catcher. Okay. So if I see this lineup, uh, I hope that Yaddy's hitting fifth. Um, the young might be hitting second, something like that. But after six, seven, eight, and then you have the pitcher. So it's four guys that you're going to face. Once I get in trouble with, with, uh, Arenado goes the Yaddy who's clutch. I'm okay pitching with all those three guys plus the pitcher. So that's what it's going to come down to. Hey, Benji, you know, spring training is around the corner and, and catchers are, are so important in the spring. They do a lot. Of, they do a lot of work. I mean, they're catching bullpens every day. How did you approach that? Especially those final weeks or the final week before you get started, because you go from catching a couple of bullpens and being out there for quite some time. Um, it's really tough the first couple of days of spring and the last couple um, last couple of days of spring. They're they're very tough because it's it's always in your head. Uh, did I do enough in the winter to be ready for this? Uh, did I do enough? Did I did I go running enough? This my legs strong enough to catch these guys? Um, my body is it my arm is gonna be strong enough? And then once two three days go by, you're like, oh man, I'm good. You know, I'm in good shape and. And if you're behind, you're gonna feel you're gonna feel bad about it. But it's very, very important the first couple of weeks of spring to get there ready and, and talk a lot uh, with the pitcher as a catcher, right? I mean, obviously, Yadi takes care of the young guys working out, so 
The young guys have a good one, man. Not everybody, believe me, believe me, guys. Uh, I was a rookie once <laughs> and I had no help. No help. Those guys, <laughs> veterans that I had, they never talked to me. Well, you they, they were, thought you were going to take their job, so, you know. And, and, and you know what? They were right. I took it. But, but it's not about that. It's just, but you know what I mean? Like, it's it's just like you have Yadi, man. Yadi's a Hall of Famer. He's sitting here early in the morning. He tells you to come over with him, block some balls, talk base, talk, uh, call the game, you know, anything defense. So he he takes it up on himself. So um, they need to do uh, take advantage of that. Now, I was talking a bit about this yesterday, Benji, when we were talking about, you know, catchers and how we only put the guys in the hall in the past that have the big hitting numbers, right? We don't, for some reason, look at the most important defensive position and grade it for defense first and then say, okay, how did you hit? Well, t talk about the difficulty of being a good hitter when you're playing that position because you, you did it. Yachty's done it. I mean, it's not easy to do, and it's not easy to do for 15, 16, 17 years. Talk to people about that challenge of trying to be a hitter at the same time of doing that job. Um, you hit a, a good point, Kevin. I think uh, people don't notice that. Uh, when you catch eight innings and all of a sudden Mariano Rivera is, is closing the game and you're man on second, you got to get the guy over or you got to bunt or you got to get a hit to tie the game against Trevor Huffman and guys like that. After eight innings of beating up, you know, blocking balls, maybe you got hit in the hand. Maybe you got hit in the, in the anywhere. So, I don't know where um, anywhere is, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> we all know that. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean. I, I think you hit a good point. I uh, We take pride on it. That's why when you see a good hitting catcher with being a good defender, because I saw a lot of good hitters that couldn't catch for crap. So, yeah. But when you see both of them, it's really – you have to really appreciate that as a team. This is a little bit of trivia. You might know this. You might not. But I've been looking things up since Yachty signed. I've been looking up things about like, you know, where he stands in Cardinals history with, you know, games played and all that. He's now, I think, sixth all time on the list of most games caught in Major League history. And he will pass two guys this year as long as he's healthy. So good on that. But I wanted to know if you know how many games the three Molina brothers have combined to catch in the big leagues. Do you oh, know how much wow. that is? You know why? Like a year ago, Yachty asked me. Yachty is a freak, man. He, he always... <laughs> He always asks you questions like that, you know, yeah. like, who won, who won in 2001, the championship. Yeah. And then he starts doing all these questions and uh, he did that one. You know how many innings we caught or how many games uh, yeah. we participate, but I, I don't remember. I really don't. I looked it up. That's why I, I wanted to make sure I'm not going to leave you hanging, but 4,334 games for Holy the Molina crap. brothers in the major Jeez. leagues. I mean, 4,000. And so again, you guys all had long man. careers, man. I mean, you know, you guys, you're all between 13 and 18 years, I think. I mean, you guys all caught for a really long time. That's pretty cool, man. I, I mean, wonder how many long. squats that is. <laughs> man, it's got to be like all. about 6 million squats at least. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and ankle pain. You know what, Kevin and Claves and, you know, I think it's, uh, it's weird that, you know, people see the catcher, you know, and, and you know, one of the things that probably one, one war that, that um, probably goes with us. It's that we care, you know, caring. I mean, yeah. we care about the pitching. We care about what Wayno's going to do. We care about Hudson. We want uh, Flaherty to get a good contract. We want Tsunami to, to do well. You know, like we care about these pitchers. We take it upon ourselves to do that. You see, uh, and believe me, I've been in teams where the catcher didn't give a crap, okay? 
he just threw it out there, put numbers, or okay, he did good, he did good, he did bad, or whatever. No, we took it upon ourselves to care about those guys, you know, to make them better, to talk to them, to to have them make them have a good contract so their families are okay. So I think all three of us we care, and and obviously me and Jose are out of the game. But if you see us, how do we behave uh, on the field? We're always talking about baseball. We're always trying to give advice to these young kids, you know, and, and things like that. So we care about that. And that's what most important part in, in, in a catcher. As always, man, we really appreciate you, you guys, everybody that's paying attention. You can, you can find Benji on Twitter at Benji Molina one. Uh, of course he does some work on a local podcast two two birds on a bat. You'll find that at birds on a bat on Twitter as well. Benji, we always love talking ball with you. We'll look forward to hearing you and Polo calling games. Uh, in fact, I think we're talking to Polo later in the show. So we'll say hello to him when we get the chance to do it, but thanks for doing this. We always appreciate you, bud. Thank you. Thank you for having me in the thanks, show. Benji. Man. Always great catching up with Benji Molina, especially when we get to talk to him about his brother, Yachty. Next up, we're going to talk to Bill DeWitt Jr. Uh, but later on, starting next hour, we're going to bring in Adam Wainwright as well and get a lot of his thoughts on how this is all playing out. So make sure you hang with us here on the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. We continue along with the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you. We've been talking about this busy last couple of weeks and Happy to have the man in charge, chairman of the Cardinals, Bill DeWitt Jr., kind enough to join us here on the show this week. And what a heck of a couple of weeks. Uh, You get two of the franchise icons back that we've been talking about all offseason and add Nolan Arenado. I don't know that you'd get much more excitement in a two-week period than that. Well, I I must say we are excited to get those three uh, secured for for the Cardinals this year. And, um, you know, it's been a busy uh, few weeks here, but certainly worth it. What was going through your mind when John Mozalak gave you a call or told you, hey, we really have a chance to get Arenado? What do you think? What went through your mind at that point? Because you guys had kicked the tires on this last year. Yeah, well, um, it was uh, interesting to hear that. We didn't know what the situation would be for sure and what his availability might be. He had a no trade. Uh, he obviously had a, a long-term contract. So – you know, we decided that he would be a great fit for our club, and, you know, we decided to pursue it. Uh, we pursue a lot of things, and, you know, some happen, some don't. Fortunately, uh, this one did happen, and, and we're really excited to have Nolan on our club. How much uh, does he fit in, Bill, with, with the, the, the personality of the long-term commitments that you guys have made? I mean, you look at the greats here recently, guys like Albert and Yachty, and and Wayno and Chris Carpenter and and, they, and and Matt Holiday and Paul Goldschmidt they all have that same kind of grinder personality and mentality. How, how much do you weigh that when you're looking at long term commitments? He's a driven baseball player. He works hard. He practices. Uh, you know his craft, whether it's hitting or fielding. But I know he he's really proud of his fielding and works crazy hard on that. And he's an elite hitter. So. And he's, you know, he's driven. He wants to win. He wants to compete. He never takes a bat off. He never takes a play in the field off. And those kind of players that the Cardinals historically have had, and that's why we've had some success. Bill, for you, every year I ask you the question, who are you looking forward to watching in spring training? And I know we're just around the corner from it starting. Uh, we saw everybody in the organization seem like last year in just 60 games, but is there anyone that you'd like to see a little bit more of that maybe you saw last year? I, you know, love love to see the, the young guys who come in, Nolan Gorman, you know, that group, uh, which was 
a bunch of them were at the, um, you know, Springfield camp last year. You know, just if you think of the pitchers, Matthew Libertor and uh, Zach Thompson, and, you know, there's a group of good young top prospect players that are just fun to watch and see see them develop. I mean, Dylan Carlson was in that group last year and had a great spring and, uh, you know, made the club uh, ultimately. And, uh, you know, he, he had a an interesting start because he didn't, he, he started off really well. I mean, in first few games, and then uh, the league adjusted to him, and then he went back down and, and came back, and you know he was good to go and had a great, great finale there, including the playoffs. So, um, you know, it's fun to see the young guys come up, and you get to envision what that could be long term. And when I go down to spring training, that's one of my favorite parts too. Is not not just the guys in major league camp, but occasionally sneaking down to the minor league camp too, just to get a look at what they are because I think what what fans really get attracted to Bill is is kind of the possibilities right like what's possible we know kind of what the roster is going to look like in any given year when you get to spring training with a few exceptions but then you don't know that long term and I think that long term is is an attractive thing for fans no question about it and you know our fans are so knowledgeable and and they're generational fans they're they're you know parents grandparents have, have been cardinal fans and so they they know the history they know what's come before and and they're not just in the moment they like to think what's going to be in the future as well you know they're i'll call them legacy fans like legacy players they're they're all in on the cardinals and it's it's a great situation so it, it's well known how knowledgeable they are how respectful they are and uh let's face it they make uh, our job easier to be able to you know get good players and and be able to compete Bill, the pandemic is is certainly taking its toll on everybody in the game. And, you know, we're getting close to spring training and still things being put on the board as far as what the protocols are going to be. But the next step is the players and the owners getting together because after this year there is no collective bargaining agreement. At at what point do you think we need to get into this and really sit down and, and, and try and get something done, hopefully before the season ends, because there are a lot of people looking and wondering what's going to happen next. And I'm not sure if this is a game that can afford to take another big hit, especially dealing with a pandemic. Well, you're right about that. I think it would be a sad day for, for MLB, including the players, of course, in that group, if we weren't able to reach an agreement. It's been a long time since, uh, there's been a work stoppage or a dispute, and you know we've been able to to manage some difficult situations. And we, we of of the major sports, we've gone the longest without some kind of a, a work stoppage. So, you know, or or a dispute. And I hope it I hope it happens again. There are obviously strong feelings on either side of, you know, what could be changed or you know what we could do better and. You know, it's the art of compromise, and uh, we just uh, hope that it plays out in a good way and that, that we get back to business or continue our business. But you're right. I mean, it's the the, the country's taken a bit hit, big hit with the pandemic. MLB's taken a big hit with the pandemic. The players have taken a hit with the pandemic. And, you know, you don't want to continue that. You want to move forward as, as things settle down. Kind of on that note, I know uh, a couple of weeks ago, Major League Baseball – released some guidelines that kind of outlined how it would work for fans coming back to the stadium. 
Do do we have any idea yet, Bill, what what that looks like for April and beyond in St. Louis, or is it still too far down the road? We don't really know for sure how many fans we'll be able to have. Uh, I know we'll have fans. Uh, That's pretty confident of that. Uh, You see the Blues having fans, although at limited capacity. Uh, And, you know, our view is that early on we'll have some limitations, but hopefully as the season goes on and, in particular, the second half where more people get vaccinated and and hopefully everyone who chooses to vaccinate does it. And, you know, we can get back to, to where we were. So, you know, we're, we're hopeful that that's the way it works out. And we're confident we will have fans, but we haven't really worked it out yet. Well, speaking of fans, I know they were extremely excited about Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina's return. And you know, in, in looking at it yesterday, Bill, it's a, it's remarkable. You look at where Yachty ranks in Cardinals history uh, with games played and hits, and then you look at the two of them combined, sixth most starts together of any pitcher-catcher combination in baseball history. And, you know, if we have a full season this year, somewhat normal anyway, they'll probably be in the top four. And all of the other pairings that I found were from the 1970s and earlier. It is so rare to see two guys like this stick together for so long, and be so good for so long. No, you're right about that. You just don't see that in, in today's uh, baseball. And this is uh, a bit of a throwback in a way, but you've got two intense competitors there, great winners. Uh, they played on championship teams and helped win championships for us, no question about it. And, you know, they're just uh, – they continue to perform even even at their their age, you know, in the late 30s. It's highly unusual, but they stay in incredible shape. Uh, They're mentally focused. They're driven, and, you know, they want to win. And they're great role models for the rest of the team. So, you know, they do perform on the field, no doubt about that, but they add more than that uh, to to the success of the club. And, you know, we're thrilled to have both of them back and add uh, Nolan Arenado to the mix and, and, you know, some of the young guys. And it's, it's pretty exciting to think about. Boy, I bet the young guys coming to camp are excited about being around all those guys, too. <laughs> Doesn't hurt to have that example yeah. to follow, right? Right. I mean, they're great. They really are good with the younger players. And young players come up, and the ones that, you know, they probably won't make the club, but they're here for spring training. You know, they start to think about, you know, when they do make it. And, of course, some will make it. And they know that, uh, uh, you know, they'll be, be – helped by the veteran presence of, of those two guys. and You know, it's a great asset that we have and uh, pretty unique, actually. And that is the Cardinals chairman, Bill DeWitt Jr. And, look, it's, it's been a, a busy few weeks here and glad we got a chance to talk about all these important things in the lead-up to spring training with the Cardinals chairman. We continue on with the Cardinals countdown to opening day show presented by Amarin here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you here and happy to be joined by our good man, Danny Mac. Dan McLaughlin, of course, you'll find him on Twitter at Danny Mac TV, online at scoopswithdannymac.com. Danny, hope you're good, man. You've been busy with the scoops. I've been enjoying a lot of the work that's coming out of there. Thanks for uh, jumping on today, man. We appreciate you. How are you doing now? I am doing great. I'm excited about baseball. Let's get the season going, and, and hopefully it uh, can at least start and get off without a hitch, and uh, we can get some games in, get it under our belts, and then have a opening day, and, and who knows what kind of regular season we could have. It'll be nuts probably when you look at what the other sports are going through but hey we got 162 ready to roll and let's see if we get it in 
Dan McLaughlin, oh, that's easy for me to say here on the Countdown Show. Uh, Danny, uh, let's talk a bit about these last couple of weeks, right? We get Yachty and Wayno back. Obviously, Nolan Arenado, the huge addition from outside. That's a hell of a run. And I know Mo joked that he wishes that they could have done this maybe a month or two ago and not have to wait until now. But I think most fans are probably pretty happy that those three things came together. Absolutely. And, you know, Kevin, I, I was talking, and I know you guys talked to people in the front office and the ticket department. They said when they made the deal with Arenado, it exploded literally like the phone lines were like, Hey, I, I want to get my tickets. What are we doing with fans in the stands? We're excited again about baseball. You know, the Cardinals in about a 10 day period did their off season and it, and, and it was the trade of Dexter Fowler too mixed right, in there right. to say, you know, Hey, we're going to let the young guys play and give them a shot. And who knows if they're done before opening day, but you, you talk about making a difference with your team and, you know, Arenado is going to win, if healthy, his ninth gold glove. I think that's a slam dunk. But to me, what it does with your lineup, it not only gives you some thump in the middle and however you want to play it with Goldschmidt batting third, Arenado fourth, or vice versa, or whatever, and maybe Carlson batting second and taking some pressure off of him or giving him pitches to hit and telling him to be a little bit more aggressive early in counts. DeYoung then gets a little bit more pressure uh, taken off of him, I think, as being a middle-of-the-lineup guy. It just lengthens your lineup, and it just—it's just a different-looking lineup. Now, I, I still think that there's some things that they need to see happen in the back end of that lineup. The young guys that we've talked about at nauseum, the outfielders have to step up and be what they hope they can be. But boy, he is a difference maker right off the bat. What do you do if if the outfielders that we've been waiting for if they don't step up? And, and I'm really looking at more along the line of Bader O'Neill. Lane Thomas hasn't been given as much of a chance because of injury. And I thought COVID really took the steam out of his sale last year. And then there's Justin Williams, who we just haven't seen enough. But if the first two don't succeed, what do you do? I, I think Austin Dean would be another option. Mm, yeah, good point. Now, he does have options, baseball options. So that's, right. you know, not to use a pun on, you know, a little pun here, but he's got <laughs> options. I'm interested in the young guys, Mike and, and Kevin. I think the other thing, too, that the Arenado deal did as it pertains to the outfielders is now Tommy Edmond moves to second. So you, you get a little flexibility there. Carpenter, more than likely to your bench if there's no DH. If the outfielders do not perform and you're finding out that they're not performing at a level that is necessary at this particular stage where the Cardinals hope they're a championship club, Edmonds' flexibility, too, gives you at least – an option to put him out there at times in the outfield. And I, I think that would be something potentially they could do and then look at, you know, Carpenter playing some second base. I, I you know, it may not be ideal, but I do think that's something that maybe they would look at. It's not ideal, but again, I think Mike, to your question, that's, that's something that they could look at. Danny, uh, they got the big deal done. We know we got where's hints all along that that Yachty was coming back, and he dropped some of those hints on Instagram over over time. But did we ever we think got, that he wasn't coming back? Let's be <laughs> I honest. didn't. I thought he was coming back the whole time. But then Come again, on. I thought Albert was coming back too, and he didn't. Well, that's so. true. That's true. <laughs> but yeah. he's back now, and it, that's kind of like I think that's cool because I think that's the linchpin here, Danny. I mean, it brings together what the two strengths of this team look like they're going to be. Right. I mean, this is a great defensive team that can really pitch, and he brings those two things together. Plus, you know. Just the, just having that presence in his 18th year. Can you believe it's been 18 years that he's been doing this? I, I can't. You know, and I've been calling the games. This will be my 24th, so I've seen the majority of, of his games. I remember when he was called up in Pittsburgh and seeing that, that first at bat and 
hearing about his defensive prowess, and then he turned into a very good hitter. And now his defense certainly is, to your point, leading the way still. And he's above average defensive uh, major league catcher. The, the thing I look at in bringing him back is that, is he a middle-of-the-order of type guy in your lineup? No. But the Cardinals, at, at last check on their 40-man roster, have 21 pitchers, 21 that have had success at one point or another in the big leagues. And I think looking ahead at 2021, you have to have quantity of pitchers because of a truncated season. You're going to have to get innings out of everybody at some point over a six-month campaign. So that means a guy behind the plate that can guide them and knows them. And that's Yadier Molina. He's still very, very good at guiding pitchers through games. And that's so important to have. And that's why uh, bringing him back is not only a nostalgic move and an iconic move and all those things that we talk about his, his importance to the franchise and the fan base, but the guy can still play. And it's very, very important in the pitching aspect of 2021. Hey, Hey, with that said, with regard to pitching, uh, the spring training is going to be reduced by a few games. We don't know how this thing is going to work in case somebody tests positive. I think Yachty's importance is even greater this year in knowing these pitchers. And thankfully, we have so many guys that are going to come to spring training that have some big league experience from last year. How much of an impact do you think that's going to have on this ball club overall with the fact that you do have Yachty and you do have young arms who got a taste of what it's like to be in the big leagues from last season? Mike, I, I think it's huge. I, I don't really look at this season saying, here's my one through five on opening day. Mm-hmm. I look at a rotation now, and I understand for us in the media, we say, hey, here's your opening day starter, and here's two, three, four, five, and that's the particular order, and fans do that too. I kind of look like one through five and then six, seven, eight. I, I, I really think they're going to they're gonna stretch out some guys because you're going to have to get so many innings. And when you look at what the Cardinals have, Wainwright is going to be 40 this season. I think you got to be careful with his innings. I think with Michaelis, you got to be careful, especially initially, and with all pitchers initially. So are you talking about, let's say, six-man rotation? Are you talking about piggybacking guys, even though you may not want to call it that? Um, I, I think you may see that, and that's where Yachty's presence, Mike, to your point, comes in, is that he knows these guys and – these guys have had big league experience. So just having, let's say, Johan Oviedo, was he ready for the big leagues last year? Probably not, but he got a taste of it. Was it important? You bet it was. So he knew going into this spring some things that he had to improve upon this offseason. So those kind of things I think are very, very important going into 2021. Cardinals fans, you can find him on Twitter at Danny Mac TV, scoopswithdannymac.com for all kinds of cool, fun interviews and you can read Bernie Miklas there as well. Danny, uh, he's a broadcast I, mogul, is what he's turning. Yeah, I was going to say, Danny, we're going to change. We, we got to stop. We got to stop calling you, Danny. Can we? Call, <laughs> do we have to call you Sir now? Be still, my beating heart. <laughs> this just means so much to me. Thank you, <laughs> Danny. Thanks for jumping on, but we always appreciate you. You guys are the best. Thanks. Always fun talking ball with my man Danny Mac, and of course, you can find Danny uh, with scoops at scoopswithdannymac.com if you want to find out some more great baseball content, uh, both written and uh, on the, of the radio, the audio variety. You can check that out at scoopswithdannymac.com. Now, the Cardinals Kids Club, presented by Rawlings, is the exclusive fan club for kids 13 and under. Membership includes access to exclusive virtual events and items, including like a fleece blanket and a wall sign, and it's all for just $33. You can join 
at cardinals.com slash kids club. All right, next hour, we're going to be hearing from Willie McGee. We're going to hear from the Cardinals relief pitchers, uh, both of those coming from the winter warm-up a few weeks back. We're also going to talk with Cardinals broadcaster Polo Asensio. That's all coming up next hour. Up next, we're going to give away a Cardinals 2021 calendar and tell you how you can pick up yours if you're not the lucky winner. We'll get to that in a moment here on the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. One on, nobody out. The 2-0 pitch. Here you swing a long fly ball in the left field. This is going to leave the park. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron. That ball's hit deep to left. This one's going to be out of here. Get up, baby. Get up, get up, get up. Oh, yeah. This one is going to go. Oh, my. He got all of that one. Now, Mike Claiborne and Kevin Wheeler and the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. On one and two, Peterson has struck out once today. The pitch, curveball, swung on and missed, strike three, two down. Eight strikeouts for Wainwright. Right, back in on the Cardinals countdown to opening day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals radio network. Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you here. Happy to be joined once again by Adam Wainwright. And first of all, Wayne, congratulations. I know it's been a long off season. It's been a couple of weeks now that you're back in the fold. Everybody's happy, man. I know Cardinals Nation's glad to welcome you back in. It's good to be back. It's good to be a Cardinal again and glad to be home. You know, I mean, free agency is a weird thing. You never know what's going to happen or how it's going to work out, but I'm glad it worked out the way it did. What was it like for you, especially at this stage of your career? Uh, you know, at this stage of my career, I was a lot more at ease than, than earlier times. When I was kind of getting to the end of my first contract that I signed in 2012, and we were trying to figure out in spring training if I was going to pitch that last year in the contract, a free, like going into my free agency or if I was going to go ahead and lock up. And, and uh, that was kind of a stressful time for me because, you know, what I had done to that point got us off to a pretty good start. And, you know, by all accounts, I'd already made a, a decent living at baseball. But, you know, you sign that big contract, that's life-changing stuff. You know, that's, uh, that's world-changing. You're able to help a lot of people type stuff. And, and uh, for me, kind of thinking about, what I would miss out on if I would, you know, slip down the stairs, whatever. And, and a little bit of faith, you know, you're a little bit, you lose a little bit of faith living like that too, where you're, you're, you're thinking that, you know, I can't step here funny or I got to walk down the stairs, you know, super slow or whatever. But uh, at this point in my career, it was kind of like um, not whatever happens happens, but kind of like, Hey, I, I'm, I'm in a good spot of, um, I feel blessed, but uh I was completely stress-free, honestly. Um, we had some teams calling, and, and at first, you know, first we had a team calling right away. And then it went completely cold for about a month, and nobody called. But I, I don't think I was alone there. I think that was all of baseball. I don't think anybody was calling anybody. And so, you know, the back of your mind, you go, well, maybe shoot. You know, maybe this is a good, humble project for me. Maybe, uh, maybe teams don't want me at all, you know. And then right when you start kind of thinking like that, phone starts ringing off the hook. So um, I've, I've learned the last couple of years that every time I think I know what's going on, I don't. So I just try to live my life day by day and, and try to live in the moment and make the most of every situation I'm given. No, in, in looking at your resigning, Wayno, and, and obviously Yachty just this week, um, I'm, I'm sure you're aware of this at least loosely, if not specifically, but you guys are now sixth all-time in most games by a battery, pitcher and catcher. And the only ones that are close are guys from like the seventies and sixties and before, like it's, it's all the old timers and you guys are right up there. You'll be, end up being probably fourth this year. If you guys are healthy, how crazy is that? 
looking back at that many games together and no, I mean, this is not something that happens in modern baseball. Yeah, it's not. And I think we take, you know, just myself talking about myself. I think I take that for, for granted a little bit. Sometimes Mike Maddox pointed out last year, he goes, you know, this, this just doesn't happen. You know I mean? I, he says, I've been pitching coach for a long time. I played for a long time. I've never seen anything like what you and Yadi are doing together. He said, this is crazy, man. A, a moment of realization for me in that regard was a couple of years ago when Yadi and I passed uh, Tom Glavin and Javi Lopez. And those were people I grew up watching and it seemed like they pitched every single day, you know, and Yadi and, and Javi had, had it was the catcher every single day. So when we passed them, I was kind of like, wow, you know, that is pretty cool, man. I'm passing some of the people that I grew up idolizing. And uh, it's just a, it is a, it's a fun thing to think about knowing that, that I have, have just done with, with Yachty, we've just done something that's pretty special in the, in the eyes, especially of today's game of baseball. Next up on your list, by the way, you'll be passing uh, Red Ruffing and Bill Dickey from the old Yankees teams. And then Don Drysdale and Johnny Rosebro. Like that's within that's you know, you're like eight nine starts away from getting to those guys. I saw that list yesterday. And I was like, that is that is fascinating because it's it's such an interesting time to see it. And you know, longevity is the hard part. You think about all that goes into that, right? You guys and, and you guys probably be second or third on the list if if injuries hadn't been a part of either of your careers. That's phenomenal though for a long time to be healthy, to be good, and to in a year of, era of free agency have two guys stick together that long. Yeah, especially in today's climate of free agency and and moving around and the business that baseball has really become nowadays, it is uh, it is pretty unique. It's, it's a special thing. The Cardinals and I and the Cardinals and Yachty have a very special relationship that goes beyond what happens on the field. You know, the the Cardinals are family to me, and uh, always will be. You know, had I signed, let's just say, I'm not saying I would have. I'm not saying that, but let's just say that I signed with the Cubs the Cardinals would still always be family for me. I'm still always going to bleed Cardinal red no matter what. Um, so there, there's uh, there's something special that I'll always have with, with St. Louis, the city of St. Louis, the fans, the, the stadium. Wearing the birds on the bat means more than just playing a baseball game to me. It's, it's so much more. Hey, you know, one of the things that you didn't do last year is swing the bat. And so now with no DH in the National League, how much have you thought about that? Uh, how much have you had a chance to work on it, if, if at all? And uh, how important is that to you at this point? Because we talk a lot about guys in this game who, if they can only move a runner along, they don't have to hit it out of the park. They don't have to find a gap. I mean, it'd be nice if they did, but if they could do the, the, the small things to help themselves and help their ball club, they'd be amazed at what it could do for their career. Yeah, I mean, you, if you prove that you can handle the bat, there's a lot more innings that your manager's allowed to let you go out there and throw. He knows that you can move a runner, get a bunt down. You know, and you're not going to waste in at bat. You're not going to just go out there and strike out on three pitches. If he feels like you might even get a hit or drive in a run, he's more apt to, to leave you in the game or game plan differently with his bullpen going down the stretch. And, and there's so many times – you know, the, the only downfall in my mind as a, as a National League pitcher is is those times where you got about 70 pitches. It's the sixth inning. You know, it's tied one-to-one or zero-to-zero, and, and your manager looks over you and goes, dude, I don't want to do it, man, but I got to get this run home right here, and we got to hit for you. And you're like, dude. <laughs> so that's the only downfall. Yeah, I like the game, the brand of baseball better. Uh, I, I just do. I mean, it's, you know, it's personal, personal preference. I I'm not going to bash anybody who says otherwise, but that's just my personal preference. And I can think that way if a dad gum want to. You know? <laughs> that's right. You sure can. 
So, you have gainful uh, employment for another year, so you're set, man. They can't mess yeah. with you. Yeah. So you know what? Uh, I like hitting too. So that's that's one thing. I, I like to put the ball in, in play, and and I love to hit the ball over the fence. Even though I've only done it ten times, I really feel like I'm going to do it every time I step up to the plate. <laughs> which probably makes me do it a lot less than I would if I hadn't thought like that. Uh, but it, I think it's fun. You know, baseball is a fun game. And, and uh, part of that fun for me is, is seeing both sides of the plate, being a, a real athlete, you know, as a starting pitcher only or a pitcher only, a bullpen guy. I've done both. You know, sometimes you can feel almost like a non-athlete when you see other guys diving and running around and making great catches and hitting the balls in the gap and turn making, you know, first to thirds and all that kind of stuff. And so when I get to, to finish a game and I got a little clay on my on my knee from sliding somewhere, that's when I really feel like I play baseball. Yeah, yeah a lot of a lot of what you described there is uh, your new teammate Nolan Arenado and. Uh, I'm gonna put you to the fire here. What did you know and when did you know it, man? Because when you did the press conference. After signing, you seem yeah, to have a pretty good idea. Something yeah. was coming down the road. And then later that night, here comes the news. Yeah. And, you know, um, for me, you know, of course I wanted to sign back with St. Louis anyways, but there was some teams offering me some things that make you start looking out on the horizon a little bit. But when I heard that, and, and, and it wasn't the Cardinals who told me, I, I was uh, in direct contact with uh, somebody who's really tight in the situation and with Nolan himself, and I've been talking with Nolan for three years trying to get him to St. Louis, you know, I mean, I think he's the perfect fit for us. He has been for a long time, and it was just a, a patient game that Mo played to get him here for what he got him here for, and and uh, he's to be commended. I mean, that was, a, that was an incredible trade for the city of St. Louis and our team, but when I heard that, you start looking at your chances of winning, because at my, at my stage of my career, and I told Mo this, the only way you leave home is if you know that there's a better chance to win a World Series somewhere else. That's the only way you leave home. And so when I saw Nolan coming on, I was thinking, this is going to give us a really good chance to win. You saw a lot of the young pitchers in this organization last year as everybody had a chance to swim in the pool because of COVID and everything else. Who are a couple of pitchers you're anxious to see how they progress from the way they finished last year to how things are going to start this year? Number one, Alex Reyes. I mean, just a force out of the bullpen at the end of the year could do it. He could pitch in whatever capacity, in whatever role he was asked to. So the question becomes obviously is can he stay healthy as a starter? I mean, he's had some, some rotten luck with injuries, uh, but he's one of the most talented guys I've ever been around. Um, and then you got a guy like Ponce de Leon who you're wondering, all right, what's his role going to be? can he continue to progress? Because there's times where we've seen punts or he's absolutely unhittable. There's times where you're wondering, all right, maybe he's a lockdown late inning guy. And so I, I think about those two guys right away, but I'm really interested to see Matthew Liberator play too. He's a little bit, you know, nobody's, he's not on everybody's radar, but he's that guy that we traded Randy Arosa arena for and everybody's just going, well, who did you trade? Look at this guy. He's the greatest hitter of all time. In the postseason, blah, blah, blah. But this guy's pretty talented, man. I'm really excited to see what he's going to do for us. Should be a hell of a lot of fun. Adam, congratulations again on being back with the team. I know Cardinal Nation very excited about it. Stay healthy, and uh, we'll definitely check in somewhere down the road. But in the meantime, have a good start to the spring, and we'll talk to you down the road a bit. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. It's the Cardinals countdown to opening day show presented by Amron here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you. And, you know, we still have stuff 
from the virtual winter warm-up that we haven't been able to get to. And we've been seeking out these opportunities here and there to bring that stuff to everybody. So just in case you didn't get to catch it all. And by the way, you, you know, it's, it's, this is not the entire portion of these, these experiences. They were 45 minutes to an hour long. But we're going to bring some chunks to you, just a few pieces here and there to give you some of that virtual experience that was had uh, when the when the virtual winter warm-up played out. In this segment, we're going to hear a little bit from Cardinals broadcaster John Rooney as he talks with Cardinals great Willie McGee. Willie, how about the work you put in with your outfielders and uh, the individual attention? Uh, you didn't get a lot of that. But of course, last year you were doing things from afar as you weren't with the coaching staff uh, as you had opted out for the season. But you have spent a lot of time with these outfielders. And uh, tell us uh, some of the things you go through with them. I just try to keep it as simple as possible. You know, you can't, you know, repetition, man. You know, you get out there and, uh, you know, with baseball, you got an opportunity on defense to practice game situations at game speed during batting practice. So I think it's one of the easiest positions to get better at if you really want to, if you go out there doing BP, put the work in, you know, and I'm sure it's, you know, uh, other philosophies out there for getting better as an outfielder. Then you just do the, the little maintenance things, ground balls, you know, uh, throw every now and then to the bases to keep that that sharp. You know, and we're still trying to figure that out. You know, back in the day, we used to take infield and outfield pretty much uh, daily, you know, and, and now, you know, with uh, with the way the game is going, you know, it's changing, you know, they're uh, – shortening things up and, you know, and, and figuring better ways to do things. Willie, what are you looking forward to in uh, getting to camp and working one-on-one and uh, working with the group of outfielders? Uh, there may be a lot of uh, situations where the outfielders are at the ballpark for a while, and then here come the infielders. Uh, there have to be some adjustments, I'm sure, as they make out the schedule for spring training. But what are you looking forward to most, Willie? Knowing what the schedule is and who I'm working with or who wants to work at that time, you know, and I, I missed that part of it because I left. So when it started getting to that point, I was gone. So it's going to be new to me. So, you know, we have input, you know, they have, I asked them, Hey, what do we need to do? What can we do better? And uh, go from there. You know, all these guys can play center field, right field, left field. And I've never been around a group like that, even in my playing days from Yankees all the way up. I've never been around so many multi-skilled outfielders, you know, on a, on a club. So in that a- aspect of, you know, we're very fortunate, man, to have this much ability and to have veteran guys, you know, and have guys that can just play lights out, man. It's just fun watching them. And, and they're good. They're good students, you know, they listen, but they'll, you know, they question, you know, they'll have questions. Now, if I, if I, if I don't come at them right, they'll say some uh, Bader, you know, they'll ask, <laughs> you know, well, why, you know, and I love that. You know, because I learned too. You know, I learned to back off. I learned when to push, how to push, what works, what doesn't work, what do they, you know, adapt to, what do they, how to teach. You know what I'm saying? How to, mm-hmm. just like, just like at home with your family. You know. And and Willie, who influenced you as uh, you were coming up through the Yankees and then the Cardinals and in your major league career? No, it was a guy, Eddie Napoleon, when I was a rookie in uh, rookie ball with the Yankees in Oneana, you know, and he taught me, he taught us a work ethic. He would get us together every day, and he would always tell us, he'd say, look, we can, we can, we can be out here 15 minutes or we could be out here five minutes. we get in the line, and he hit us ground balls, and we go at it, and we're done in five minutes. So he taught us that, that good work ethic, and uh, then you get to the big leagues, and uh, overall the best coach I ever had was Dave Ricketts. 
you know, and what I loved about Dave Ricketts was that he, uh, you know, he was more like a father figure. He was a brother. He was a teacher. He was a mentor. He was a little bit of everything, man. He would, uh, and, and, and I mean, he would, you know, when it comes to baseball, he kept it so simple. It's like, well, when you're going to be you, you know, it wasn't a whole lot of mechanical stuff. Like with me, use your hands or when you're going to be you, you know, and if things would click back in and uh, focus, you know, by just, just those little things, those, those were my mechanisms. You know, Ozzy had his, everybody had their own little, you know, trigger that worked. Willie, you were a part of uh, that rivalry with your game where you hit for the cycle and uh, in extra innings, the Cubs won. So Ryan Sandberg hit two late home runs to bring the Cubs back. But what was it like for you being on the field in that rivalry? Uh, it uh, it just uh, seems to, to heat up when people talk about it, even in the winter, even though I haven't heard uh, anybody say what a dull place this is or that place this could be next year, what happened out of the Cub convention a couple of years ago. But it, it all just adds up. It's a lot of fun, isn't it? Yeah, it was different, man. It was fun. It was uh... – we, we look forward to going in there and I'm sure they look forward to coming up because it was a good, uh, say for instance, the difference, like you go into New York and it's like, you know, it's a war, you know, they want to, it's like, they want to hurt you, but in Wrigley it's love. If you, it's a healthy rivalry, if you do something good, they acknowledge it out there, man. And it's like, but boy, they be on you, man. And you can hear every little thing, but whereas in New York, they talk about your mother when you're in the outfield, <laughs> you know, in Chicago, they just talk, you know, fun, loving baseball. If you miss a ball, hey, Willie, what happened? You know, or something like that. But in New York, it's totally different. So that was uh, the difference in the rivalry with Chicago. But it was fun. I enjoyed it, man. And that was John Rooney with Willie McGee. Some great stuff from the Cardinals' virtual winter warm-up. And we're going to do a little bit more of that coming up in a second. I'll tell you more about it when we get to that point. Now, you can gear up for this 2021 season with a subscription for with a subscription to Cardinals Magazine. It's your premier source for Cardinals coverage, both in-season and out. You can sign up at cardinals.com slash magazine or call 314-345-9000. When we come back, we got a little bit more from the winter warm-up. We didn't get a chance to get to this yet, but this is from the the virtual experience involving the bullpen. Some great stuff with Andrew Miller, uh, Tyler Webb, Ryan Helsley, Cody Whitley, and others. That's coming up next. It's the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. We continue on with the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Mike Claiborne and Kevin Wheeler with you here. And, of course, try to fit in at least a couple more of these virtual experiences that took place during the winter warm-up this year and some of the ones we haven't gotten to yet because once we get into spring training, it's going to be a little harder to flash back, so we're taking advantage of the opportunities that we have now. And this one was great. Uh, This is the virtual experience that was all about the bullpen and the relief pitchers and some really great stuff here uh, involving Andrew Miller, Tyler Webb, Ryan Helsley, and Cody Whitley here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Andrew Miller, what was last year like for you? I mean, you're you're part of the Players Association. It was a crazy season, truncated year. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure everybody that's a, a part of this call can realize, you know, we've all had sacrifices. It's a different world we live in right now. And uh, in a lot of ways, it, was, uh, it wasn't a whole lot of fun. We missed having fans. We missed the energy in the ballpark. We, you know, we, just like everybody else, probably don't like wearing a, a mask and, uh, you know, having to, you know, limit our travel and all that. But at the same time, all things considered, we found a way to pull off a season. It, uh, you know, we made the playoffs, didn't reach our ultimate goal, winning the World Series, of course. But 
um, as a whole, we, we managed to get a season. It wasn't the prettiest thing. And, you know, hopefully the light at the end of the tunnel is getting pretty close and we, and we get back to normal pretty soon. There's no doubt. Let's uh, bring in Tyler Webb. Tyler, uh, what is it like being down in there in that bullpen for the St. Louis Cardinals? Uh, it's a great experience. You know, you know, it's a great group of guys. Uh, it's pretty relaxed early on. And then as, you know, as the game goes on, it, it gets more serious as it should. And, uh, I think everyone, uh, knows what their role is, knows what their job is. And it's, um, you know, everyone's rooting for all the guys down there. And it's just, you know, when the phone rings and if it's your turn, uh, go out there and pitch as well as you can. And you, you got a lot of other guys, you know, down there ready to back you up if it's, if it's not your day, which is, which is always a good thing. Uh, you taking pictures? What, what's keeping you busy right now? Uh, not too much, really. I'm trying to stay inside. Uh, um, so going through some old stuff that I, that I'm working on, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not taking too many photos. So I, I'll say I'm, I'm scouting right now from, from the computer for yeah. hopefully when it gets back to normal, you know, fans may say, well, why are you asking that question, Dan? Well, tell, tell people, uh, what you do. It's kind of a, a hobby of yours to, to take pictures and, and you become kind of a, a big photographer for lack of a better term. So explain what that, that hobby is. Um, I, I don't know about big photographer. I appreciate it, but, um, uh, I, uh, so, so growing up, I never went to any big league games or anything like that. Um, so the first time I went to a big league stadium was when I made my debut and I wanted to document all that. So I figured I should take a photo of every stadium that I had played in. And now it's kind of like this quest to get all 30, 30, you know, however many stadiums, it is and uh kind of document it that way so that's uh that was what got me into it and then now it's kind of more of a um as i'm doing that it's more of a kind of get my mind off the game walk around the city in the downtime except for last year obviously but in a normal year walk around the city see the sights get out of the hotel room and you know kind of get my mind off baseball for a little bit Absolutely. Thanks for doing this. We appreciate it. Let's go to uh, Ryan Helsley. Ryan, where do we find you this morning and how are things going? Hey, Dan, how's it going? It's going good. I'm just out here in Oklahoma, uh, back in my hometown, Tahlequah, just hanging out this morning, doing well. You need to say that again, because everybody mispronounces your hometown. So make sure you say that right. Will you please pronounce Tahlequah? Tahlequah. It's a a tongue twister. It's pretty tough. (laughs) (laughs) How's your off season been going? It's going good. Uh, I've been throwing for about six or eight weeks now, you know, throwing a few bullpens, arms feeling good. So I'm um, excited to get it going and get back to spring with all these guys. Are you being asked to maybe stretch out, come in as a starter, or do you prepare like that in the off season just in case, or, or how do you prepare going into this spring training? Uh, the past few off seasons I did, you know, especially with throwing more innings. I think this last year I only threw about 11 or 12 innings, which isn't anything at all, you know, so kind of tough to stretch out as a starter like that. So I think this year for me is more to try to focus, really focus on the bullpen role and uh, try to hone in that and get as good as I can at that role. Awesome. Good to see you. Let's bring in uh, Cody Whitley. Tell me about your, your rookie season. Um, What was that like getting the call to the big leagues and realizing your dream after all the different things that you have been through, you know, I mean the injuries and, you know, you were such a, a highly thought of guy, and then all of a sudden the injuries hit, but then all of a sudden you get drafted, you develop, you make it to the big leagues. What was that like for you? I mean, it's like 
you ask any of these guys, it's, it's a dream come true. You know, something you, you work your whole life for. Um, you're playing in little leagues and you're like, you're thinking about being a big leaguer one day. And, you know, with the weird season, it, it was kind of weird, you know, not having family and friends there for the debut and, and just, you know, all in all, you know, not having fans there kind of weird, but it was still, I mean, fans or no fans, you know, it's still a great experience. Um, just something you've worked your whole life for. How about guys like, like, Gertie and Andrew Miller that have been doing this a long time. How helpful were they for you and and just kind of easing you in, even though there weren't fans, it was an odd year, but just you're in the big leagues, man. It's a big deal. How how helpful were those guys uh, to you? I mean, that was huge. You know, Gertie, uh, you know, Drew, uh, Webby, all those guys down there, because, you know, I've been in the bullpen, but, you know, there's a difference in being in the bullpen in the minor leagues and in the big leagues and, you know, just watching these guys, learning from them, um, you know, seeing how they prepare themselves, how they go about their business. Like, you know, Drew said, um, you know, we're not all business all the time, but there comes a point in time when it turns all business. And um, that's just something that you learn by watching them and, and uh, you know, just learning. And that was just a part of the virtual experience that we had for all of the relief pitchers during the Cardinals winter warm-up. It was a heck of a lot of fun. And, of course, uh, don't have time to get all, to all of it for you here, but at least brought you some of that here in this segment. We'll look forward to maybe getting to more of that somewhere down the road. All right, I want to remind you that the best baseball content can be found, all the hot stove updates this offseason, by following at MLB on Twitter on Facebook, on Instagram, and on YouTube as well. Coming up next, we'll talk to Cardinals broadcaster Polo Asensio here on the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. All right, back into the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you. Happy to be joined by Cardinals broadcaster Polo Asensio, and you'll find him on Twitter uh, at his name, at Polo Asensio. Makes it nice and easy. Polo, welcome in, man. Good to talk to you again. How you doing? How's the winter treating you now that we've got some big moves under our belts? It got hot a couple of weeks ago with uh, with the big move, you know, the Nolan Arenado move, the the re-signing of, of Wainwright, the re-signing of Yadier Molina. And, you know, like it or not, you know, that one move by by the Cardinals bringing back or bringing in Nolan, that, that makes this team a lot better. And, and like I said it before during the, the presser where, where Nolan was introduced, and I, I told them, look, I, I text a couple of the guys, I talked to a couple of the guys, and everybody said, this guy, este es un caballo. Este caballo nos va a ayudar. This guy is going to help us. And if the fans are excited, the players are excited, you know me, Claves, you know me, Kevin. I'm always excited. Anything to excite Polo, it's even more than it excites anybody else. And Polo is very excited right now. Hey, Polo, when you when you look at this ball club and, and you say to yourself, you got a legitimate batting order, uh, you got some guys defensively that are going to make you better, obviously. What's the one thing you're still looking forward to seeing develop uh, this year? Because the bench is going to be a little thin initially, uh, maybe not as much of a left-handed punch coming off the bench, but what else are you looking at seeing this team improve? You know what? Uh, people are going to say I'm crazy, but I am looking this team to improve in the bullpen. We had a great, you know, bunch of young guys the last couple of years. Last season, the same group, you know, right? You know, COVID and all that. <clears throat> Excuse me, and believe me, I don't have COVID. I just had something in my throat. That's that's the beauty of California. Right now, it's sunny. You know, the the the, the, the pollen and all that stuff is out, it's out of my throat. That's why I'm coughing a little. But the bullpen, I'm excited to see the bullpen. I'm excited to see Giovanni Gallegos. What can Giovanni Gallegos do in a full season? What can Hennessy Cabrera? 
doing a full season. The return of Jordan Hicks. I mean, those three guys at the end of your bullpen, I, I put them against anybody. And then, I mean, if you have Webb, if you have Reyes, perhaps Carlos Martinez, who knows who else is going to be with those guys. And then the return of Andrew Miller. I am very excited to see this bullpen. Of course, you know, everything else that, that is part of the team is also exciting. But the, the, that that is one group of players that I want to keep uh, or I want to see keep getting better. And I know they will. The one player, if you tell me, you tell me one player, what are you, why are you excited about? I want to see Jack Flaherty. Again, I want to see Jack Flaherty be Jack Flaherty. Last season, it was a weird season for everybody. The booth, the, the mound, behind the play, the dugout, the bullpen, it was weird for everybody. This season, I think Jack Flaherty is going to put his money where his mouth is and be the ace that we know he is. The ace that we know he is on and off the field. Because, yeah, a lot of people are, oh, He's so distracted with this. He's so No, the guy is not distracted. The guy is focused. Last season was a weird season for everybody. I cannot wait to see what Jack Flaherty can do this upcoming season in a 162 uh, season. It's going to be fun to watch. And I, I, I'm with you. Claves is probably like, yeah, we've talked a lot about the bullpen. Because throughout the offseason, we don't always have a lot to talk about. It was quiet for two months. And the bullpen, to me, as you outlined, can be, I think, maybe one of the best in the National League. You're going to get three guys out there throwing 100 miles an hour. Uh, and hey, then don't, can... forget, don't forget about Helsley, too. Right, right. Hel- right, right. You got, you know, you've got Helsley, Reyes, and, and uh, Hicks who can throw 100 miles an hour. And we don't know. Reyes may start. Obviously, he'll get his, a lot of these guys will get their chances. You know, throwing Cabrera, who's not playing around either. He's upper 90s with the fastball from the left side. And you throw in the slider from Gallegos and the slider from Andrew Miller on the other side. And you throw in Webb with the with the off speed. I mean, like there's a lot of different looks, a lot of high octane arms and depth. I mean, that's the, that's the big thing, right? Is the number of guys, the, the number of guys, and everywhere you see this team, there's a number of guys. Let's just say Yadi. You know, Yadi, he's back right behind him. He he said it the other day. Herrera, Ivan Herrera, he is ready. Andrew Kisner, we know he is ready. So there's depth behind Yadi and Molina in, in the, uh, the 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 infield. We have Nolan, we have Paul DeYoung, we have Goldschmidt, we have Edmund, we have Carpenter, we have Edmundo Sosa, and somebody else is going to come up and say, hey, this guy, we didn't know about this guy. So we have depth there. And the, the, the outfield, that's the question, right? Well, there's no real question. The question is, who is going to start? Because the problem is not we don't have enough guys. The problem is who is going to start. And I think Harrison Bader, this, this needs to be his year. As much as I love him and as much as I like him as a person and as a player, this needs to be the year of Harrison Bader. If not, Lane Thomas is going to say, hey, you know what? Now I want my chance. You know, Tyler O'Neill getting the gold glove last season. He's going to say, hey, I'm a gold glover. I want this chance. And, of course, el fenomeno, el prodigio, Dylan Carlson. What is Dylan Carlson going to do for us? And that is the reason why we traded Fowler. Fowler, a solid player, veteran presence, very well liked in the in the clubhouse and, and amongst uh, media and fans, but when you have that uh, that number of, of outfielders ready, or at least you think they are ready, somebody or something has to give, and it was uh, Dexter Fowler. So as much as people say, "Oh no, this outfielder is not an upgrade," dude, every year is an upgrade. Every year, if you don't show that you can, that somebody else is going to step up and, and get it. If you show that you can, you're going to be fine. Now, we heard from Yachty yesterday 
that he, well, he faced Carlos in the Caribbean series, so he saw firsthand how well he's been throwing the ball. That's a guy that's a wild card, right? I mean, when he's been at the top of his game and healthy, he's been at times one of the top 10, 12 pitchers in the National League. Last few years, the physical problems have led to some other problems, and it hasn't been very smooth. But, boy, if you get that wild card to go in your direction, that's a pretty nice little ad. You know, when you when you say Carlos Martinez, the first thing that comes to mind is wild. Not yeah. so much wild card, but wild because you don't know what you're going to get. But like I said before, a year older, hopefully a year wiser for Carlos Martinez. I followed him during the winter ball, and he was pitching lights out. Yes, you, you say, well, it's winter ball. It's not MLB. The guy is getting ready. Yeah. You know, how many times do we see pitchers or players come into spring training to get ready? Well, Carlos Martinez, if, the, if, the, if opening day was this Sunday – he was your starting pitcher, and he could go seven innings easy because that's what he was doing. And he helped Aguilas del Cibao in, in Dominican Republic to win the title. And then in Mazatlan, the winter, uh, the Caribbean series, he helped him win the, the, the Caribbean series. He looks good. He looks good. He looks happy. That's something that I've seen. And, and it's, it's not hard to – nobody. somebody's going to say, how do you know he's happy? Well, go to his Instagram. And, you know, a lot of Instagram or Twitter – uh, pictures are for show, for likes. These guys don't need my likes. These guys don't, lead, don't need to show me anything. I know who they are. I know what they do. But what I see, it's a Carlos Martinez relaxed, a Carlos Martinez having fun. And, uh, and a loose, relaxed, and fun Carlos Martinez is not going to be fun for anybody, especially the Central Division. Man, it is always a fun time catching up with Cardinals broadcaster Polo Asensio. Of course, we had his partner, uh, Benji Molina, last hour. And Getting the two guys in. They're going to be calling all of the home games this year on WIJR AM 880 La Tremenda. Uh, as far as, you know, all of the Cardinals home broadcasts will be broadcast in Spanish language by Polo and Benji. And obviously uh, that is a, a great thing, a great way to, to you know, when you, I don't know if you've ever heard the calls <laughs> from Polo and Benji, but man, those guys are a lot of fun to listen to. And of course you can find Polo on Twitter at Polo Asensio. So you can find out more about what he's up to and Catch up with him on social media that way. I want to remind you the Cardinals Kid Clubs presented by Rawlings, and it is the exclusive fan clubs for kids age 13 and under. A membership includes access to exclusive virtual events and items that include a fleece blanket and a wall sign, all for just 33 bucks. You can join at cardinals.com slash kids club. All right, coming up next, we're going to wrap things up for the show, and we're going to give away one more 2021 Cardinals calendar. So that's next up. It is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. All right, getting near the end here of the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. And also want to remind you, with the 2021 season right around the corner, the Cardinals calendar is celebrating 12 epic moments in team history and it'll get you ready for baseball. The spring training and regular season schedules are in there, and you can pick yours up at area grocers and retailers or by calling 314-345-9000. Now, if you're really lucky and you've got fast fingers and you can dial this quickly, you can pick up one for free if you're the first caller at 314-531-1120. 314-531-1120. First caller will pick up their own copy of the 2021 Cardinals calendar for free. And as I mentioned, uh, if you're not the lucky caller, you can pick yours up at area grocers and retailers, or you can call 
three, four, five, nine thousand. Many thanks to all of our guests throughout the show today. Uh, special thanks to Cardinals chairman Bill DeWitt Jr. for jumping in in the first hour. Uh, Danny Mack, of course, the Cardinals play-by-play man for Fox Sports Midwest. Adam Wainwright, and we got the Spanish language guys in today too. Happy to talk baseball with Benji and Polo. Uh, and of course, we'll look forward to doing more of that down the road. Many thanks to you for listening as well. We're getting near the end of the off season, but that doesn't mean this show ends. We are the countdown to opening day. So with spring training opening up next week, we got plenty more content coming your way. It is the Cardinals countdown to opening day show presented by Amron here on the Cardinals radio network.